Hi, welcome to another fascinating episode of the Barber Shop. Today we have the founder of Plevo, an extremely fascinating business because it's been built to 100 million dollars in revenue. It's profitable and it's done with raising very limited amounts of cash. Introducing Venki, the founder of Plevo. One fine morning, uh, when I woke up and was reading newspaper, I saw an ad for co-founder I wanted. I was like, yeah, I'm the co-founder. Initially, we'll be ad there. So then I quit and then started a Momo outlet in India. In Ahmedabad. I think money is important, but beyond the point, you don't care about it. So think of our platform as a Lego platform. Okay. Lego blocks, right? So you provide all these different blocks as a business. We don't offer you everything packaged. You can take our blocks, arrange it the way you want, and that's what our APIs do. So ours is a broad horizontal platform mm. where it's available for different use cases. In 2019, we decided to move to Texas. A lot of people did that. No, no, but Elon followed us after that. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to take credit for that. Right? So that was my fanboy moment. Okay. He, he moved to Texas four months after we moved. Huh? Work happens on Zoom. Mm. Relationships are built offline. Tell me about you, yeah. Tell me about. Tell me. Uh, I hear there is a cloud kitchen for momos involved. There is Y Combinator involved. There is sure, sure. school time entrepreneurship. But would love to hear about how, like, what the pre plevo life. Sure. Was. Um, I mean, actually, I I grew. So I was born in Ahmedabad. Okay. Right. So that's where the Ahmedabad connection is. Okay. My mom's side was in Ahmedabad. Okay. They still are. Uh, so I was born there, but uh, my parents are here. Okay, in, in Delhi. Yeah, uh, in Sierra Noida. Okay. Right, so I grew up in Noida. Ah. I studied here and grew up in Noida till my school day. Okay. Post my schooling, I left to Bangalore and did my engineering there. So even before that, uh, when I was in, I think, uh, fifth standard or sixth standard, ah. I got fascinated with electronics. Okay. So, you know, I and a friend of mine in, in school, we built our first, uh, you know, electromagnet. Really? Yeah, like you wind, wind the, yeah, yeah. the copper wire to, uh, a, to a nail, uh, or not a nail, but a screw, Yeah, the thick one, and then we build it. You put electricity through it and then uh, it becomes uh, so, magnetic. So, so the concept was not very clear on how it works, but uh, it worked. And uh, that was fascinating. Uh, right? Like an you know, electromagnet and it does a lot of things. Then we made a telegraph machine. Uh, and so there were two electromagnets. You put a blade on this one, uh, and the circuit was such when you when this hits, that would also hit. So uh, that becomes a telegraph machine. Because uh, that's what they do correct. on a telegraph machine. And then, uh, you know. How the, old were you in this world? Six standard. That's I, amazing. How old? Six standard. Uh, right, like 11 years 11, uh, 11. This was 1996, 1997. Uh, so I was very interested in that. So that, what I would do is during summer vacations, go to the school library, sit down and like look at all the electronic circuits. And I was very fascinated with that. And the irony was whatever, like the same thing that I was taught in class, I would do miserably. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, the, like everything, the questions were very theoretical. They had no meaning to like what was getting done. Uh, you know, I, I clearly realized I have a fascination for tech. I think that what then what happened is 1997, 1998, that changed. Because uh, this required a lot of physical work. So then what happened is, uh, you know, I mean, Pravati Medan has these train fairs. So my dad and I went there when 1997. My dad bought me an IBM Aptiva uh, okay. desktop. Okay. I mean, back in the day, it was super expensive. Yeah, correct. Super expensive, right? So he bought me that. Then I was like, I was just hooked onto it the whole day long. Right? And there was no internet, right? It was just dial-up internet. So it was not internet that was exciting. It was the exciting fact was I could still do things on the uh, computer without having to go physically. Yeah. So that's what got me even more excited now. Okay. So I was on that the whole day long. So that I got into Who taught you like like basic programming? And... No, I mean, just self-learn. Right? Mm -hmm. Like there were cyber cafes everywhere in Noida back then. So you would just go to these cyber cafes and spend time there. 
and the deal was like I get five hours and then I would do in return some work for the cyber cafe guy. Right, because wow. I mean, we didn't have money back then. As in, like, I, I was not earning. Yeah. Right, so. Kid, no? Yeah. I mean, kid, I'm not sure, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> I think teenager is the right word. Okay. You say kid to a Gen Z, they'll be like, that's not a kid, right? Roll top, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think, uh, I mean, going back, so we struck some deals and, and uh, that's how the whole thing started out. I would go to Cyber Cafe, sit there whole day long, and, uh, you know, internet craze kicked in. So, 1998, I mean, fast forward, 1998, 1999. Uh, I sort of was hooked into you know cyber cafes and stuff. I don't know if you realize if you go back like back in the day we had these ICQ messengers yes. and Yahoo Messenger. Yes. So whole day long. MSN, 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 Yahoo and ICQ. I so correct. It was just that, right? Correct. So whole day long we'd be on that, and there were groups and I mean people I think were random chatting as well, but there were groups which did useful things. So there was a developer group, there was a hacker group, there was a lot of groups. So I was part of a lot of these groups, right? And then that's when Amazing. these were all folks in the states, uh, right? So that's how that's when I realized. There's a lot that can be done without, you know, losing advantage on location, right? And in in India or like in Noida, there was actually nobody I would like sort of spend time with. So that's what that's what happened. And like I think every now I'm sort of fast forwarded, right? This is tenth standard. Like every like you tenth finished, I wanted to have computer science. So then you take it with obviously PCMC, right? So, but then like. I, I thought I was decent at, at math and all of that. So I asked everybody like everybody else in Delhi aspire for IIT. Yeah. Right. So joined a coaching center two years, would go there to, for two years. But it was just painful, right? Like I mean it was so theoretical, like with all the formulas and all that. I just it was very, very painful because every time I would be like, Okay, we do this, but then where do we apply this? Yeah. It was just not yeah. my thing. Okay. So but anyways, that happened. I was not so interested in that. <laughs> and on the side this Yahoo thing was happening. Okay. Right, so what happened is back in the day, there was these search engines, Lycos, uh, Alta Vista. Alta Vista, Google was just starting out. Yahoo was more popular. Right, so there's some attraction between me and US uh, early on, right? But anyways, so, so these were the three, three websites. So it was a lot of this ad-based model because nobody, I mean, .com, right? Like nobody had a business model. So it was all ad-based, right? So everything's free for consumers, but everything is ad-based. Everybody was running those pirates. So a lot of ideas happening and there was a platform called Linkshare. Uh, there was no Google, right? So there was Linkshare and they were running these ad platforms, right? Buying, selling, uh, buyer side, seller side. So I was, I registered on Linkshare and then the community told me like they're doing these experiments in US and people are running these projects. So you got to get a lot of inspiration in terms of what people are doing. So what I started is calling, free calling from uh, Delhi to Bombay, right? Mumbai. Uh, STD calling. STD was super expensive back in the day, right? Like with yeah, yeah of course, I don't know. Uh, so the the thing was, and this was happening. So ironically, that's what we do at Payo now. It's wipe, but it was also wipe back then. Uh, I had no idea how that works. All I was doing is buying some physical cards, like uh, telecom cards. You plug that into a device. You plug internet. So there was a uh, internet service provider called Dishnet and DSL. Yeah, so Dishnet and DSL, I got a, uh, you know, their, I don't even know what it was. I don't think it was a lease line, whatever it was. DSL line, uh, I think that's what they uh, call it. So you plug that into the car, and then you have an internet pipe out of which you could do 12 calls at one time. Right, like 12 calls would go through from from at one time. Wow. Yeah, so started that service, and then Linkshare, the deal was basically, Linkshare was all clicks. Uh, so they also had like a couple of, so it was a marketplace, there were a couple of guys who were wanting to do audio ads. Uh, so I would play audio ads before the call happened. You have to listen to it and then the call would connect for X number of seconds. Post which, the call would disconnect and the ad would play again. 
So that was wow. that was the, that was my first startup. And, and how much would it cost? Free. Free. But infra, uh, no infra. No, no, I, I mean, that was where, so the, this is how the deal happened. Uh, it was all ad-based. Uh, the card company, I wrote a business plan, sent it to them and said, like, if you give me four cards, this is my business plan. Uh, link These guys have already agreed to be their ad provider. We make so much money. I'll pay this back uh, from a percentage basis plus interest rates. They agreed to it. Oh, wow. Yeah, they agreed. I, I don't even know how they agreed to it. Okay, so there's a funny story there. Uh, cell phones were not prominent. Correct. I am like a 16, 17 year old kid. Uh, I think uh, not. What year? 2000? No, no, 1999. Nine, okay. 1999, uh, 2000, yeah. Uh, 2000, late 1999, 2000. Uh, right? Uh, so there was one of the five star hotels. And at that time, like, you were very scared to get inside a five star hotel. Uh, I come from a middle class family. Uh, right? So, so, so that card come, guy. Right? So the reason they agreed was uh, one of their reps had come from the States here. Okay. And they wanted to meet me. I mean, not just for me. They didn't only come for me. They were finding resellers, trying uh, to find resellers in India. Uh, right? Because what, like, uh, internet calling laws did not exist in okay. like that. They were trying to find resellers. So they said, I'm going to be in India. Let's talk in, in person and then we'll decide whether, you know, we can do this with you. Uh, so, whatever. Like, this was very embarrassing. I mean, I, so I spoke to my friend and he said, look, how do you go to a five-star hotel and, and then he's going to ask you a phone number. If you give a landline number, you'll think like you have no money. Right? So, so what do we do? Right? And we then went and inquired cell phone numbers and prices. It was insanely expensive. Correct. Insanely expensive. Okay. Uh, so then, we, uh, pages were cheap. Uh, Actually, what a pager. Wow. Pager. And then we went, met him. It was so funny. Like, we didn't have a car. So I took my dad's scooter. Ran into a five star hotel with this scooter, parked it in the five star uh, scooter. Nobody should know that yeah. we had a scooter. We went when inside, parked it, and then went inside as if like we came in a car and, <laughs> and dropped it. And I took my friend. He knew nothing about this. The reason I took my friend is just so that he doesn't feel like I'm doing all this alone. Ha. Right. So so we went did that. You know the pager was there. He asked me his number as expected. Uh. I gave him the pager number. Ah. Uh. Right. I said we have applied for a cell phone connection. They're not giving it to uh, non adults. Minors. Uh. Yeah, non adults. So. I have a pager number right now, so, <laughs> so that story worked. <laughs> and, 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 and that did deal commercially work? Yeah, yeah. Post which is when he approved, you know, giving us four cards. And so he, they said two cards right now. If you hit this ad revenue, I'll give you two more. It's like a tranche-based thing. So he said yes. So we, we started getting volumes. I was in the community, so we had free distribution. I would just post it in the community in one of these Yahoo channels or, you know, ICQ channels and it would just go, like people, I would get volumes. So I had to spend no money on distribution. Like, for example, my mom would call somebody, one of her relatives in Mumbai, as an example. So, STD is expensive. Uh. So, they would just call this number instead. Uh. And this number would take the call through wipe and take it out. So, for them, it's a domestic call. Right? And we had a software also on the laptop. It was a re, uh, I mean, I didn't write the software. It was uh, resold uh. by that card company. Uh. Uh, and then, basically, you can put colors and your logo and stuff. So, that's what we did. So, she would call your number to, and tell you to we had a We had a Noida number. Uh. Right, a landline number, uh -huh. which is connected to this card. Correct. The card would convert that call into an IP call. Okay. And then take it on IP till Mumbai, and Mumbai will convert it back to landline, and the call connects. Wow. So it's a and then you got, you got a, how, how do you split revenue between you and, or you charge the customers? No, customers free. Okay. Right, the the ad guy is getting money, or oh, ad guy is paying me money oh, for the number of listens. Yes, the number of listens on the ad. So total, it ran for six months. Okay. <laughs> and post six months, like I got a notice from VOT saying this is not allowed. Oh, is it? Yeah. So we had to shut it down. Uh, <laughs> so, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, because look, the DSL internet pipe was always choked. Right? So uh -huh. I think they audited or something happened. Correct. And then I got a notice saying this is not allowed. Uh, so well, then, that's enterprising, man. 
that is really and I, I i think so, so i think looking back i i think it was about like getting that exposure from that community so i was really lucky to be at the right place getting that exposure cuz folks were doing this in the states right people were doing this in us in fact somebody else was doing this in india also people were doing delhi to hyderabad the there is a company called hot phone ha huh. H O T F O O N. Huh. This was they were doing Delhi to Hyderabad. I did okay. Delhi to Mumbai. Okay. And my company was called weird. I mean, back in the day, everything had to have a number in it. Uh. So it was called E Services uh. for, as a number four, uh. India. Oh. Right. So that was the company's name. It was weird, but yeah. Uh, you were five lakhs in four or six months. Yeah, yeah. So uh, at that time, it was a lot and of money. And my bank yeah. account. So I had to give the checks to my dad, and he had to cash it. <laughs> uh, so he, him, and I created a joint account, and then he and cashed it. Yeah, and you were doing your eleventh standard. I was doing. Yeah, standard. yeah, and, okay. So this is also IIT thing was totally out for a toss. I was just doing this uh, at night, and I bombed in twelve. Uh, I I didn't get into any of the entrances because uh, I wouldn't go. I was uh, doing this all night, yeah. all, all night long. Right? Parents are okay with this, like that you were kind of spending time. I I don't think I told them everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they knew everything that was going. But when the five lakh rupee check came, ah, so they, they know it came from some yeah. venture. Uh, they don't know all the details. Right. Yeah. If they ever watch this and this comes out, they will now find out. This <laughs> <laughs> explains all of that. Yeah. So, uh, so twelfth was like really bad, uh, bad grade in school. I basically couldn't clear any of the entrances because uh, I didn't prepare. Yeah. I not. I was sitting in cyber cafe and doing this right, no, trying to find to add yeah. folks and all of that. So twelfth was really really bad to a point where then I was very clear I wanted to computer science. My heart was there, like writing code and okay, huh. computer science. That's it, right? So I told my dad I only want computer science. So then you went to college. Yeah, so I went to college, finished my four years. Okay, so the third year is where I found a you know team. We did a project. But did you enjoy the because again engineering college in India is is a lot more theoretical. Yeah, yeah. And it's like your eleventh, twelfth. But the good thing was uh, in computer science, like all whatever they were teaching, I was already aware of all that. So okay. that was that was good for me. So I didn't have to attend classes. Uh-huh. I I mean I had a good relationship with the teachers, uh-huh. so attendance didn't matter. Right? And you doing your projects on the side. Yeah, yeah. So like it was. Okay, so basically, we did multiple projects, uh, right? And uh, I mean, I was a lot into online stuff as well, right? Uh, doing projects there, freelancing, all of that stuff. But then, third year is when you know you have to do a major project, right? So uh, by that time, I had gotten a what what's the right word? Uh, I'd gotten bored with uh, just pure software projects. So I wanted to go back to my electronic days and bring software to it, and that's where the microcontroller happened. So this is where uh, you know we as a team built our our first humanoid robot. Okay. Uh, it was a it's not a legged robot it's a wheeled robot, but it could move around and you know it had a mop, which was not very good at cleaning but it would it was a good try. Yeah, it could try to clean. Uh, okay. Right. Uh, so that was the first version, and I I'll send you some pictures of this later. This is like a Roomba. Ha. Uh, so. Of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So Roomba. No. No. So I'll tell you how we uh, uh. like how I commercialized that. So there was third year, and fourth year. I made a version increment of that. That was not with everyone. Uh, that was one more person, and then I started a company uh, separately, right? Like incorporated a company. It was called Robonens. Okay. Like robotical intelligence. And that, huh. So Robonens, uh, and this was an incremental version of uh, what the earlier thing was. It had vision. It could speak. Not as good as what you see all all this right now, but. Lot of existing libraries. Basic, huh? It was called OpenCV. IBM had this library called OpenCV. We used uh, that and uh. Dragon Speech Cracking Software. Uh. So that would speak. Long time ago, IBM acquired them. So that is what I used over there. Uh, so what was that robot? Now that same robot which did all of that now could talk and see. So he navigation actually did it. And he could also talk. 
Like like a version of Siri, but not like changing. Not what what would a what would a owner use it for? Like what would? Nothing. 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 So they could do like research projects on this on vision. Okay. They don't have to go build all the physical stuff. Ah. So करता क्या था? वो decide करेंगे अब. Oh. उनको platform मिल गया. Correct. Be बनाने के लिए right. So that's what they I sold it for. हाँ. I mean I got like uh, around twenty five lakhs. Really? That's a lot of money, यार. नहीं नहीं but एक बार बेच के नहीं है. Multiple kids बेच रहे. आज one kid was like two three lakh rupees, right? मेरा बनाने का खर्चा था fifty sixty thousand rupees and it was sold at two three lakh rupees. And then on top of that services, meaning आप उसमें ये add कर दो, वो add कर दो। वो customer कौन थे? Who are those? College है ना? College, college, जो college students हैं इनके final year project होते हैं ना? हाँ। जो colleges लेगा and college will fund half, students will fund half. Mostly rich kids. Let me just put it that way. Mostly rich kids, right? But उनको passion था करने का इसमें, so they would buy it. And some people not even passion, some people want to show why I built this project. हाँ। तो यहाँ से लेके वो अपने college project में दिखा देते हैं। Wow. Right, but whatever, it works, right? As long as you make money. So that happened. And that's when I programmed the microcontroller and everything else there, right? Wow. Uh, so, so that was an interesting journey in terms of how everything happened there. Uh, the robot was called Amiibo, A-M-I-B-O. Okay. Autonomous Mechanical Intelligent Bot. <laughs> right, so Abhi, we have it, what's our domain? Uh, Amiibo.com. I would love to see all the photos. Uh, I'll send you the photos. Uh, okay. This can be a photo of my business card, each of this for India. I'll send you that as well. It's like, you will laugh at that. <laughs> design, oh, I have designed it. <laughs> He's laughing at that. It's it's horrible, but whatever, right? So 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 that happened. Um, yeah, and then I got my first job into telecom. Ironically, also Subex. Okay. It's a publicly listed company uh, now. Back in the day, it was one of the first product companies in India. Okay. Right. Uh, so that was that is why it was exciting. So I went there, and I think CEO back in the day was very very enterprising. Like even as a like fresh grad out of college, when I joined them, he would take everybody out for lunch. Mm. Right, a larger group for lunch, like you know, thirty, forty people for lunch, and he would not think we were fresh grads, right? And the way he would like talk to us, address us, talk about like how we started, that was very inspiring. I think I still remember those days. So that was very inspiring. And then, yeah, I mean, corporate life happened for two, three years, and okay. yeah, I traveled a lot, you know, in multiple international countries and so on and so forth. Two thousand eight, I, I quit Subex and joined a uh, startup in the Bay Area called Naris Networks. Okay, so you left, you were in the US then. Yeah. Right in the Bay Area, mm. and then when I went there in 2008, so this was when Google was building their entire campus, right? Like it was, it was not complete. Uh, so I was looking at that and it was fascinating and all of that. That was my first exposure to the startup world in the Bay Area, right? Uh, uh, this was so nostalgic from 10 years ago. So okay. I, so in 10 years ago, the companies were all in Texas, correct? Dallas and all of that, uh, right? This was in the Bay Area, so that was my first foray into that. And then one fine morning, I was in a hotel. One fine morning, when I woke up and was reading newspaper, I saw an ad for co-founder wanted. That mind boggled me. I was like, yeah, I'm the co-founder. Initially, when I had there, that was like crazy to me, right? Why would somebody put an ad in a newspaper? But then I started again thinking, yeah, I have to do something. Like, let's go back, and that bit, that bug bit me again. So then I quit, right, and then started a Momo outlet in India, in Ahmedabad, in Ahmedabad, right? Uh, oh. Yeah, and uh, 
Why Ahmedabad? Because and why Momo? Like why is someone uh, so, so robotic? No, so, so I I telecom quit. and I quit and I was in Noida with my uh, parents, right? At their place, uh, and uh, basically, if you like, if you seen sector nineteen in Noida, who Athara sector, man, it's all like full Momo ke Correct. It's full of that. Correct. Who's time to say? And Momo, I love too. Ha, like, Momo is my favorite. I was Pune boy, okay. so Momo was not a thing for me. Okay. But when I came to Delhi seven eight years back. No, now nine years back, sure. And the winters hit, and then I started having hot momos in Delhi winters. Yeah, I was like, bro, this that is, chutney. Um, uh, the mayo and the lal chutney and the orange. Oh my goodness, it is so good. Mm. I was like, yeah, I I feel you. Uske bina, I week complete new. Every week we have to have momo. Yeah, so that happened, and uh, yeah, I mean, wo dekhe. So then, you know, I basically called a couple of my friends over in Ahmedabad, and I said, मेरा कुछ करने का मन हो रहा है मोमो का कुछ करना है मुझे. Right, because here all the people are doing. Ahmedabad is Mitra's place. And why Ahmedabad? Because I, I mean, I knew um, I've, I've sort of gone there multiple times in my summer vacations and stuff. So people are foodies there. Right, if somebody earns hundred rupees, they will spend fifty, sixty rupees on food. Ah, right. So correct. So then I. So I come from Indore, which is also very Chatoura city. Like it's, ah, ah, it's ah. very similar. Yeah, MP is also ah. not not very different. Ah, right. Uh, but but yeah. So I said. Uh, so I called him, called my friend, and said, "Wow, Momo is there." उटलेटर So while wow, like, like people would come there and people be like, "Momo sushi," right? Uh, and I had to explain. So I had to do like a. And the problem, uh, the mistake I made is I priced it very badly. Uh, High or low? Very low. Okay. Twelve momos for twelve rupees. Oh. That was a disaster. I learned. The, I made the opposite mistake. I priced way too high. Very high. Okay. Uh, I mean, this was a big mistake Haan. from my part, right? Because you had to do a lot of selling. And 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 uh, coaching. Ah. What a momo is. Correct. वो पंद्रह मिनट पहले के क्वेश्चन पूछे थे उसके बाद ही प्लेट लेंगे. और एक प्लेट लेके तीन लोग तीन फैमिली खाएंगे. Correct. उसमें से. So उसमें से रेवेन्यू कैसा आएगा? That was a big problem. Correct. So and then every day उसके उसको बनाना पड़ता है तब भी वो नहीं आएगा रेवेन्यू. Correct. So frustrating हो गया था. So momo is momo is something that lends itself to non-vegetarians a lot more than vegetarians. नहीं नहीं हमने बहुत innovation किया था उसमें. So so क्या-क्या बनाया था उसमें? उटलेटर I didn't think about SOPs back then. Okay, uh, this is my first operational business. Yeah. And then my poor thing back then is, what do I have to automate? How to do it? So I started building a robotic machine to make the. Oh. My focus is not there. So then I thought, okay, I have to build a robotic machine. And if I have to build momos, then this is not the model. I have to be in a cloud kitchen model. So then I went back to my apartment, like house only. Uh, so I had a house. Then I upgraded my house. Right. The money wasn't there. I took a loan of thirty-five lakhs. Bilkul paisa nahi tha. Right, so I took a loan of thirty-five lakhs, right, and then it's me. बहुत खर्चा लगता है. वो hunger break setup करने में बारह लाख का खर्चा था. That small shop. Ah. 
ट्वेल्व लैक्स उसमें चला गया एंड देन आई मीन लॉट ऑफ मिस्टेक्स मेड वो बारह रुपए का जो मोमो बेच रहा था वॉट एवरीबडी एल्स डूंगज ना आई थिंक दिस इज टू मच इन्फॉर्मेशन बट आई थिंक दिस इज इंटरेस्टिंग लर्निंग राइट विच इज जो कैचअप बाकी सब देते हैं ना वो होल सेल में आता है उनका पाउडर में पुट वाटर इन दैट आई मीन यूर इट कैचअप वो रेड बॉल तो बाद में डालते हैं वो एक पाउच में आता है उसमें सिर्फ पाउडर होता है राइट एंड उसको एक घंटा रख दोगे आप तो वो सॉस जैसा गोई हो जाता है हम लोग मेरे को वो आई आई डेंट फील लाइक सेलिंग दैट तो वी वुड एक्चुअली बाई कैचअप सुपरमार्केट में एंड मैगी का टमेटो कैचअप उसमें पानी भी नहीं डालते थे हम तो बारह रुपये में तो सिर्फ कैचअप खा रहे थे लोग या पाँच चार प्लेट में कैचअप खत्म तो कुछ नहीं पैसा आ रहा था राइट लाइक बेसिकली नथिंग एंड हाँ बट वो रियलाइजन बहुत लेट हुआ राइट प्राइस प्रॉब्लम करेंगे I got a helper at home. I, I, that's when I, got, uh, you know, adopted my two dogs as well, Guapo and Bella. So dogs. Guapo are, and Bella. Yeah, Guapo is in Spanish is handsome. Okay. And Bella is beautiful. Guapo. <laughs> Spanish, right? Uh, so, so Guapo and Bella, uh, they both. Uh, one's from Delhi. Uh, Guapo is from Delhi and Bella is from Ahmedabad. Ahmedabad. Okay. Right. So yeah. Two states. <laughs> uh, two, both. Right. So I am linked to both of them. Uh, and then we took them to Bangalore later on. Whatever. Okay. But anyway, so so that happened, and then the Momo thing didn't. द क्लाउड किचन एपन आई डिट फॉर अंदर मंथ फिर उसमें प्रॉब्लम क्या था एजुकेशन तो वी स्टार्ट पुटिंग पैम्फ्लेट्स इन एवरी मनीज प्लेसिस पीपल जिस वोट गैट राइट बिकॉज वो क्लाउड किचन मतलब क्या करता है आपके घर से आप डिलीवर करोगे मोमोज सर मोमोज मोमोज सो दो मॉडल टेस्ट एक उसको करके फ्रीज करेंगे जो आई थिंक अलॉट पीपल आर डूइंग नाउ सो आई मेक बिल्ड द मशीन वो फ्रीज करके विल सप्लाई एवरी वेयर इन इंडिया वॉज वन मॉडल वो थोड़ा लॉन्ग टर्म था ब्लैक फर्स्ट प्लान ये था कि उसको बना के घर से डिलीवरी मॉडल होगा आके नहीं खाना राइट अब उसमें प्रॉब्लम ये था कि किसी को पता ही नहीं मुंह आए क्या तो एजुकेशन एजुकेट कैसे करोगे कैटेगरी क्रिएशन इज वेरी डिफिकल्ट स्पेशली इन फूड स्पेशली इन इंडल्डेंस फूड सो तो हेल्दी में कर सकते हो इंडल्डेंस फूड में कैटेगरी क्रिएट करना वहीं पर उड़ गया बाकी सारा पैसा राइट एंड आई जिस तरह से पैसा उड़ रहा है and then you i you were how old at this time 27 28 no 25 25 25 uh. right like this was at 25 2008 ah uh. i'm old now uh. <laughs> but but i was still young then uh. it's the same <laughs> young now only yeah uh, so then uh, yeah i mean i'm basically said ab to naukri karna padega i have no money left right and uh, start interviewing for different places and okay so there's another nuance to this I I think this is another lesson for all the young folks watching, right? The reason I quit my job at Subex is not because I didn't like the place and the work I was doing there. I loved the team, loved the work. Everything was amazing then. Then, and I think the company's changed now. Yeah. But back then like it was amazing. So I used to love everything I was doing there. I moved to Naras only for a hike. And the hike was 4x in salary. Wow. 4x was a US company. But 4x is a sizable hike. Yeah, 4x is a salary. So I just jumped for that. Ah. I just jumped for that, right? 
and yeah, I mean my salary was like you know peanuts in Subex. Let's just say that compared to what the market is today. This is in two thousand seven. Ah, you know, nothing else was available, right? So forex jump till I moved, and I think like looking back, I think that was a mistake. Was it? Yeah, because not as I just couldn't put my heart to it. Like no, then I wanted to quit. कुछ पैसा नहीं आ गया वो दो दो महीने अच्छा लगता है बैंक अकाउंट में देखने का एंड देन यू लाइक यार मजा नहीं आ गया करेक्ट राइट बिकॉज ह्यूमन नेचर इज वंस यू गेट इट यू लाइक बट दिस इज नॉट गिविंग मी फुल आई थिंक मनी इज इंपॉर्टेंट राइट बट बियॉन्ड अ पॉइंट यू डोंट केयर अबाउट इट ऑल्सो राइट लाइक समन हैड सेड दिस ऑन द पॉडकास्ट ओनली दैट योर सैलरी कम्स ओनली वन डे बट यू लिव द अदर 29 सो इट कांट इट कांट बी सब ऑप्टिमल इफ यू आर नॉट एंजॉयिंग इट एट ऑल सो आई थिंक दैट वाज अनदर लर्निंग आई थिंक I I say this to my team as well, right? Like I think money is important. You have to be competitive from a payroll perspective, pay point perspective in the market. But don't just make a decision for salary ever. Yeah, life's too short, right? Because uh, I think I'm. I mean, luckily I didn't survive there too long. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would have just wasting my years if I was just sitting there. But anyways, forex happened. A problem here was when I started looking for a job after my momo thing. My salary was so high. The previous round salary was so high. You're out. Nobody was paying me or willing to give me a job. I And this was in the US. नहीं इंडिया में आ गया ना तो अहमदाबाद में था मैं बट द फोरेक्स सैलरी वॉज इन द यूएस राइट आई नो नो ओके सो इट वॉज अट कॉम्प्लीकेट सेट आई वॉज इन द यूएस बट द सैलरी वॉज फ्रॉम इंडिया फॉर इंडिया राइट सो इंडियन रूबी में था वो फोरेक्स इंडिया के बेस पे था ओके राइट बिकॉज देर प्लान वॉज आई विल स्पेंड सम टाइम इन द यूएस कम बैक हेयर एंड टेलकोज इन इंडिया फिर देन मुझे क्या करना पड़ा I to literally tell them that my salary was much lesser. So, so people misquote the salary to increase the number. I had to misquote salary to reduce the number to get a job. Right? Anyways, then Huawei happened. Mm. Uh, I I went to Huawei. I think Huawei I learned a, like insane yeah. amount of stuff there. Right? Like I I think the Chinese culture teaches you a lot. They're good. The pros and cons, good and bad. But what are the things you learned from the Chinese culture? At least corporate Chinese culture. Yeah, I mean I think they uh, it, it teaches you hustle. Right? Like. Huawei pretty much is like the number one leader now, yeah. and they beat Ericsson, Nokia, yeah. right? Uh, hollow. Hmm? They beat them hollow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cut them, guys. They don't. Right? There's those companies don't have any market share now. Right. Right. I mean, you can argue they had government backing, this, that, whatever, right? But essentially, that's what you learn. Like, even at that scale, how do you how do you retain that culture? Right. I I I mean, I think I've spoken somewhere else as well about some of this, uh, but without getting into too much detail, I think essentially. That's one lesson, you know. I want to keep it hard as an entrepreneur, even 13 years into the game, right? Like, how do we as a company, Clevo, not lose its DNA? 300 yeah. is nothing if you think of the employee count, right? Yeah. Wow, it was 180,000 people, and they still had their hustle culture. So I think that's what I learned there. Like, how do you keep that? How do how do you communicate as leadership? How do you keep that? How do you create meaning for people? But go deeper in hustle culture because it's a word that Gen Z, for example. struggles to identify with often times demonizes to say hustle culture is killing creativity killing people leads to toxic work habits but you speak about it in a very positive way yeah. personally i am the kind of person who believes that nothing worthwhile comes out of not putting disproportionate effort absolutely a disproportionate effort and doing everything you can and then something to achieve outcomes as the only way to Achieve something meaningful. Yeah, I mean, although you will always remain mediocre. Yeah, I mean, Virat Kohli is not Virat Kohli because he didn't practice so many hours, right? Correct. Sitting in this, chilling out, he will be Virat Kohli today. Correct. 
or any other sports star for that matter. So why do we think it's different in any other game? Correct. Everything is the same, right? Like, Correct. and there's this concept of ten thousand hours Correct. when you become an expert. Correct. Right. So I think I I totally agree with it. In fact, I mean I'm an Elon fanboy. People may hate him for whatever how his style. I'm a, I'm a fanboy because the how he works. Okay. Right. Like he how as in like the number of hours he puts in. Yeah. Right. So I'm I'm I don't want to jump too far ahead, but but that learning that's the biggest learning that came from Mohammed. Do you have to put in the number of hours? Like so, there was I think there's the debate. You spoke about Gen Z. Yeah. There was a debate five seven years ago. I'm sure the debate is still there. I just don't listen to it anymore. <laughs> online. Is hard work versus smart work? Yeah. We don't want to do hard work. We want to do smart, smart work. work. Yeah. I don't think you can cherry pick. Yeah. You have to do both. Yeah. That's the world we're in. You have to be smart and you have to do the hard work. That's yeah. what is hustle. Correct. You can't be dumb and then be do putting in eighteen hours of work. <laughs> that doesn't work. Correct. It's like hitting a wall. Yeah. Right. So, so you have to do both. You can't cherry pick either or. It's not either or. You have to do both. Right. And then, because, look, if you are doing smart work, why do you think the other person is not doing smart work? Yeah. They're also doing the same smart work. The only way to beat, then beat them is like, do just put in more hours. Yeah. In fact, now, I have this thing in my bedroom, which says, I mean, Elon Musk, right? Yeah. It says, I work 120 hours a week. And that allows me to be three weeks ahead of everybody else in terms of the work hours. Because everybody's putting in 40 hours a week. Mm. That's how, I mean, that, so I have that quote. Not to scare everybody to say you have to work. I mean, at Leo, we don't talk about Forcing anybody to any number of hours. Correct. Right. I think, but what I talk about is work ethic. Yeah. Like, how do you create that internal or intrinsic motivation? Yeah. And also ownership. Like for me, yeah, yeah. It's super important. Like, it doesn't matter if you put in five minutes yeah. or twenty hours. Like that's not the thing. Do you own the outcomes completely? Yeah. For the work you're responsible for, or for the work stream, or P and L, or yeah. product, or whatever it is that you do. Um, and that's where uh, I think that's where the debate becomes very intense, right? Which is. Uh, my like my sense of identity this is something which for younger generation is my sense of identity cannot come from the work I do sure. and I stu- I personally struggle with that because mm. my sense of identity always came from my professional pursuits I, I, I have a different perspective I think maybe this is why I'm okay with that side of the story as well uh-huh. which is that's fine as long as then be clear that like like you said nothing extraordinary is going to come out of your work work is his work for you then yeah. Be clear with that, right? And, and it's okay if you make peace with it. Then you're saying, I'm doing work for just getting my paycheck. Yeah, sustenance. It's sustenance ah, work, yeah. Yeah, that's, so then be clear with that and, and, and that's, you, you be at peace with it. But then isn't that at odds with the ambitions and aspirations of the generation, which is they want to retire early, they want a great life, they want to travel the world, they want experiences that obviously require currency. So that's what they I think they're figuring it out also, right? Like, there are multiple ways they're figuring that out. Yeah. Right? Which is freelancing, influencer culture, whatever, right? They're figuring yeah. all of that out now. Yeah. But I think what, what I'm saying is then don't aspire to do something great. Yeah. Like, holiday, then go around, all of that. Because I think with India's GDP growing, you're, you know, correct. But I think, but don't aspire to be doing something great. If you aspire to do something great, like ambitious, you said, ambitious for what? If you say, I have to be ambitious at work. But then I don't want to put in the hours. That won't mm. Then you can't like you can cherry pick is what I'm saying. Correct. Correct. So if you're at peace with that, that nothing great is going to come from my work, yeah. and for me that is the sustenance, uh. as you said, or paycheck, and you're good with that. Yeah. And then that's fine, right? But let's align. Like, yeah. so for us, as a founder and CEO, let's say Plevo, for me the question is, does that does that align with the kind of team we want to build? Right. So I think it's self-selecting. That's where culture comes in. There. Yeah. What are your values? What's your culture? And let's come to this. How long were you at Huawei? I was 
at Huawei for three years. Oh, that's that's long enough to kind of absorb. Yeah, yeah. And I was in China for one year. I was in Brazil for one year out of the three years. Oh wow! So you got like global yeah, exposure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And in Indonesia for six months. Okay. And I think India was barely two, three months. So it was all. After. And you started Plevo right out of Huawei. Yeah, after Huawei, yes. No, so it was not directly Plevo. It was an open source project. Which the Netta one. Yes, and then it transformed into. Ha, so then what happened after? Uh, so the 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 but this techno uh, this. Uh, GitHub project was again a side gig or is it something that you were kind of no no so okay I'll I'll tell you my thought process of why that happened right so so Huawei happened I was in Brazil so China first Indonesia second and then Brazil, Brazil one year I I was like they were about to promote me as a, a Latin America head for in Huawei right okay uh, for uh, I mean for what I was doing I was doing solution consulting they wanted to build a for twenty seven twenty twenty whatever twenty eight year old twenty seven year old oh. so that's that's all and 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 the pay would have been phenomenal right because uh, you were paid like parity with let's say US dollar pay oh. and pay would have been phenomenal tight great title and at Huawei that too oh. right you don't grow so quickly yeah. so it was very hard to refuse yeah but I hated my work chef really the work culture was like I and think, this is a Latin America thing or this is a Huawei thing at that time uh, no I think in general. No, Huawei thing, I think work was fine. So, okay, Huawei thing, the work culture in China versus Brazil versus in India versus Indonesia was different. Oh, is it? There was local flavor to the culture. Okay. It was not just the Huawei culture. Correct. So, I think uh, the reason I hated that is because I, I feel like I sort of got distracted into just chilling out in life. I had a very good social circle. Brazil is like all about party. I yeah. party a lot. Right, like so. Was single time, you guys married. Single, single, but single, single okay. Right, yeah, single and and like oh, man, right, that is great, yeah. <laughs> So every day was a party, and like I, I think I sort of it was fun for the first three months, and then you start thinking, what am I doing in life? Right, uh, so that has started happening, and that's where I sort sort of was not very happy in being there because I thought if I be here, or me, yeh karta rongo, because my social circle was very very strong in Brazil. So every evening I would get a message or a call by four four thirty in the evening. There's a plan. Let's go, yeah, let's go. Plan me. Let's go. We're getting the car. Let's go. Plan to we figure it out, right? Plan when goes nowhere. So I mean, we right. So so that I think was a big distraction. And then you're out for like five six hours, and and yeah, you start like I said for three months, and then you start thinking you're car carrying. Ah. So then I had a choice to make. I think the okay. So by the end of Huawei, almost sixty seventy percent of my loan was paid off. Okay. So there was some loan still pending. How the mobile? This is mobile loan. हाँ मोबाइल राइट मोस्ट ऑफ इट वाज पेड ऑफ सो वो मैथ में चल रहा था एक बार वो पेड ऑफ हो गया तो देन आई कैन करेक्ट जंप राइट या द वो मैथ तो चल ही रहा था दिमाग में क्योंकि आई मीन लुक अ फेल्ड ऑन्टरप्रेन्योर इज मोर डेंजरस देन अ सक्सेसफुल वन राइट करेक्ट यू ऑलवेज वांट टू गो बैक let me do this because if I go back to Brazil, वापस नहीं आ पाऊँगा मैं चार पांच साल के लिए, because I have to commit to the company, right? I didn't feel it was fair for me to say yes, go there as a Latin America head and then leave in six months or one year. I had to, I would have to commit four five years. I didn't want to do that. So I quit Huawei in twenty twenty eleven, Marchish, right? Yeah, and then I had no idea क्या करना है, but loan थोड़ा बचा था, ज़्यादा नहीं बचा था. But I still had to make money, so I started freelancing, right? Writing code for people online. Uh, so that would get the loans out, and uh, we would keep moving forward. So okay. that is how the open. So side, usi side project, open source we start. Okay, get up. Okay. Right. Uh, so I started writing code, 
and I found my co-founder online. Uh, I mean, I didn't know he was like Mike. Was like the name Mike, uh, right? Uh, yeah, he likes to call himself Michael, but I call him Mike. <laughs> I call him Mike. But uh, right, so I pinged him. He was in Brazil, or you guys like? No, a, he was in France. So he was like remote, whatever. Remote, remote. No, so I I saw his code on GitHub. I pinged him and said, "You're writing similar code to what I'm writing. Uh, Why don't we do this together?" Okay. Right, and he said, "Yeah, sure." Right, so because it's open source, it's yeah. a company, so you don't need to build that trust and relationship. Yeah, sure. Nothing is required, right? So yeah, I mean, we just started writing code. Um, three, four months later, it sort of took a very good direction. We got a community around it, and somebody posted it online. Some media firm, um, right, posted it online, uh, and it sort of started getting traction. But what were you guys writing? So basically, this code, what it did, it was so. If, so as a consumer, if you call a call center. Contact center, right? Like bank or hospital. Credit card or whatever. Huh? Uh, you get that IVR, which is IVR is press one for support, press two for sales, debit card, debit, what? credit card, whatever. All those numbers. The flow, basically. Uh, oh, that flow, right? So that thing is quite complicated. You have to have physical hardware. There's the software that's driving it. You need telco expertise, all of that. Uh-huh. Our software, what it did is, you can write If you can write Python, PHP, Java, .NET. You can do all of this without knowing all the telecom complexity. Or hardware dedicated to these all, which may normal laptop ekar dega, any regular server ekar dega. So that was the framework that it was built. And the thought process was very simple. The market of web developers and uh, mobile developers for every thirty mobile and web developers, there was one telco developer. So demand supply problem, right? If you inc- and and all the funding was happening in that market. Correct. In two thousand eleven, right? And mobile developers was uh, developers was just going up because Apple had launched iPhone in two thousand eight. So we said, "Ab unko ham ledenge things." And look, communication is the lifeblood of everyone. Businesses, correct. It's a lifeblood. It's not a good to have. So if we brought that lifeblood to a larger audience with a more supply audience, disruption will automatically happen. So that was the thought process, right? And we came from telecom background. Mike also came from that background. So that's why we could do that. Right, so so we did that. We put it out. That's why I started gathering a community because everyone had problems. Thi. Right, so some people suddenly interested. Okay, so that's what the whole problem was in terms of what we were solving. And yeah, that's how it took off. And tell me what, like, how did it find, like you? It took off in the sense you started selling it directly to enterprise. No, no, we didn't sell it at all. Right, it was an open source project. Uh-huh. So there was a lot of inquiries. What my plan was very clear. I need to pay off my loan. <laughs> I need money. Yeah, my plan was very very clear. But, Because I had to pay the money back, right? Ten, fifteen percent was enough, and I have two dogs at my house and all of that. So you still can't live a very lean lifestyle. You're not alone. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so basically, I said open source to do it. Then we started consulting for the our own project. So we did that freelance. We were doing it for everything else. Ah. Go be random project. Come here. WordPress install. Do. You know this. Yes. Do this. Do that. Like all of that Upwork sort of work. Ah. Right. Ah. Uh, Upwork. Right. Yeah, yeah. Upwork sort of work. Ah. I don't think Upwork existed back then. Ah. But yeah. So that kind of work is what we were doing. I was doing before. Mm. With this, now he said, I will only do freelance consulting work for that open source project. Because we see, we don't need to charge. And I'll charge by the hour. Okay. My rates went up. Like we were charging, I think sixty dollars, seventy dollars an hour. An hour, right? In some cases, we charge hundred dollars an hour. People were willing to pay it, right? Because who the problem was solving important, huh? Ah, important, right? So, so we made money like that for four, five months. Mike also started helping, and we would split. Uh, so that's how we made money for the first five six months. Then we okay. got invited at a conference in Chicago. Okay. An open source conference, right? So we had never met, by the way. Mike and I never met. It was all online, on Google Talk. Uh, there was no video calling. Wow. It was a chat, Google Talk, right? Uh, 
Similar age group or like? No, no, he's older than me. Okay. Uh, right, I I called him the oldie. Like, he's five years older than me. Okay. Right, so he and but he looks ten years younger than me. He's French, right? He's French DNA, so he looks much more younger. Uh, right. Uh, so yeah, but whatever. So so that happened, and uh, basically, you know. So you met at the Chicago conference. Yeah. So at the Chicago conference, uh, basically we said we'll go to meet for the first time. It's like a blind date, right? Uh, you know so much about each other already. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was weird <laughs> when you meet the first time. But 15 minutes in, like, we were kicked it off because we were discussing this code may have a problem. You need to re-argue this piece. You need to push this code. That's the discussion. Uh. Then you don't care, right? Like, uh. we're in a different mode. Correct. So, I, I spoke at that conference and presented Plevo's open source framework. We got a few Were people. you calling it Plevo then or was it? No, it was called uh, Telephony. No, no, actually, it was called Telephony before this. By then, we, we started calling it Plevo, yes. Plevo, okay. Yeah. In July, we named it Plevo. 11, 2011. Huh. But, huh. but like for between May till July, it was called Telephony. Telephony, okay. Yeah, uh, the IE, French Telephony. Ah, IE. Okay, right? okay. But then we realized well, Google can search million in Correct, correct. So then Plevo used here. And that's, mm. I have a fetish for five-letter domains. I have huh. tons of them. <laughs> Amiibo is five letters. Waffle is five letters. Bella is five letters. <laughs> right? Everything's five letters in my life. <laughs> right? So, so uh, Plevo is five letters. Right. So, so that's how all of this happened. And then um, I picked one of the domains and put it there. Uh, so basically, uh, you know, after the, like, I spoke in the conference, a few folks came up to me and said, look, open source is great. I can use you guys for, like, consulting and stuff. But I think the challenge we're having is uh, it has two more components that are critical for us. 2011, normally strong out cloud. So they said, we still have to hire the servers. We have to install and manage it. Can you put this on the cloud? Okay, second is... Your software is doing all the IVR logic piece. Correct. Right? But what about the telecom piece? Meaning, how do I get a phone number to call? Right? So so that was also a problem. We said, we're not into that business. But he said, if you do that, I'll pay you. I'll be paying customer. He said, what do you mean by paying customer? He said, we'll be paying on a monthly basis for the calls we make and everything else. And we had a competitor in the market. We saw their business model. We said, yeah, let's do it. Right? Uh, this person was with that competitor, right? Oh. Yeah, so so I, we thought like when he says pay you, he will pay us like what we earn from a consulting business. Yeah, how? So it'd be, I, I mean, we were thinking it'd be like $2,300 a month, right? Uh, so we didn't even ask him how much. So that's another mistake. Uh, we didn't ask him how much it would be, right? Uh, it worked out well, but yeah. he couldn't bombed. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that's another, I think, learning thing. So we you on variable, basically. No, you would pay us for it on a usage basis. Ha, so variable, basically on variable. Ha, ha. Variable and consumption. Right? Ha. Ha, but luckily it worked for us. Okay. So how much were you guys making as opposed to the consulting gig which you thought it would Yeah, yeah, this was in like $50,000 plus. Because you had so much volume. What are you saying? Yeah, per month. Right, so it was out. you and Mike? Yes, there's nobody else. Of your code? That's it. Making $50,000 a month. Ha, no, we had to also pay our carriers now because we had added the carrier. Correct. And added hosting, so... Ha. All those nuances came in, uh, but they were actually paying that one money to the competitor, right? <laughs> and the, so, so what worked out well for us is we didn't. Uh, I mean, they had large volumes, but the learning here for everybody who was listening is like whenever you get customers on board, it is important that you qualify the customer. Yeah. 
right? If you don't qualify the customers, like for example, what if that day ended up being a five hundred dollar customer? Correct. Correct. You could have bombed. Correct. Because we were earning more money on services. Correct. Absolutely. I think it's very very important to sort of make sure that you know you qualify your customer, you ask them what exactly are they spending, yeah, how much are they willing to pay, all of that, yeah. and I think yeah. So I think actually it's such an important thing because for example in our in our in our in our business. We sell razors and shaving cream and shaving foam, right? So our customer is also maybe a retail consumer like you and me going to a store or going onto an Amazon or going onto Blinkit or going into a DMart and buying two razors or buying one razor, two cartridges and a shaving foam. But Ritika, for example, set up this entire business around institutional sales where sometimes the customer is a pharma client right. who wants to buy the products and gift it to doctors, for example. Or it could be yesterday we were with India's top five-star hotel chains where every time a customer in a hotel chair in a hotel room and they're they're spending 15000 rupees per night now if they want a shaving kit they ca they can't get a disposable razor right. and a sachet right? so they're looking right. for something better right we did not realize until we went deep with these guys mm. to understand that they want a million shaving kits a month per hotel chain mm. and this is every Month. The real unlock value comes from there. And not only is my customer buying so high, but the customer is also giving the product to use to all my potential consumers yeah, yeah. who will come and buy. And also, it becomes an aspirational brand, then, right? Exactly. And it did not hit us for so long. We were trying it, but until it actually happened and starts working out for us, we had not qualified the customer as smartly as we should have because otherwise, our effort. Would have been very different. It was a. You have to develop something. You have to develop the right kind of sachet. You have to, if you have to differentiate of Gillette, you have to really right, right. kind of because you have to move the brand away to a newer, younger brand. Yeah. Product has to be much better. But you're right. I think qualifying the customer is so important. And I think it. I think the biggest job of a founder or a CEO is capital allocation, time allocation, resource allocation. And if you're not able to qualify your customers, then all three go for a toss because then you're not able to. And in this case, it, it's great. It just worked out, but I think it could have bombed. Yeah. Right? Like it could have bombed. Uh, and and we actually spent one month building for what he asked for, without knowing that this is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Who no Mike had no idea? No, both of us didn't. Have, like I was supposed to be the business guy. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike, I mean, both of us writing code, but Mike is a CTO. Mm. You know, now, right? Like so, I was supposed to be the business guy, uh. and I didn't do my job. <laughs> it was all credit card, right? So he paid. I didn't even look at the thing, and then like when we look at the usage. Right, the usage was, in, and we didn't have reporting, so that's the other thing. Oh, and we two folks, we just set up the cloud. There was no reporting, no nothing. So you run the reporting at the end of thirty days, right? So hoping you make some money. Uh, when you run it, I thought there's a mistake in the <laughs> invoice, right? It was a postpaid invoice. We didn't have correct. a prepaid billing system and all of that. So I thought there's a mistake in the bill billing. Like I, I, I told Mike like something's wrong. The invoice is too high, right? Uh, so let's spend more time. So we took three, four days, four, five reconciliations to just even make sure the number was right. And when we saw that number, we freaked out. Because what if the customers are not going to pay? And we had to pay the telco carriers. So that liability was sitting on you guys. Uh, or... Right, you know, we both of us like freaked out. Well, then it worked out. Yeah, you paid and everything worked out. <laughs> there were customers for... And this is now, like, this is now a repeat business. Like, this is like... Every... Yeah, it's a, it's a consumption-based business on a monthly basis, right? So... And then you, that's, then you took that model and... Yeah, right? yeah. We just actually then ran open source parallelly for like almost one more year. Okay. And then we realized this is the business because everybody sees value in all three layers being together, not just one of these layers. For our viewers who may not understand tech so well, who for whom, so your Plevo story is fascinating, Venki. Venki is also a pilot over, by the way. 
Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but what is fascinating for me is that you have built out a what I've I've been told a hundred million dollars or close to hundred million dollar business, which is profitable, with almost zero or close to no funding. You have resisted capital from venture capital or private equity or whatever. Then yeah. after your first round, you and Mike have been, and which is very different from our story, for example, because we still are in a stage where we're building a brand and we need to put money in the brand. We are raising money, so there is a certain amount of. um fascination slash um success orientation around capital raises people think that if you raise money you're successful because mm-hmm. someone has ascribed value to you yeah. right which is also fair yeah but you've done you've built a 100 million dollar profitable business which is now gold dust in my view uh but if you could explain to a viewer who does not understand tech or saas or uh telecom industry as well how would you explain it to someone ki aap karte kya ho aur how have you over a period of 12 years you and mike have built a 100 million dollar profitable business with such amazing capital efficiency sure i think usme do teen question hai so i go through right. layer by layer right so, so i think just just to understand i'm just how my i tell anybody who's non tech right uh, so, so think of it from a consumer perspective because everything we power is on a consumer side hmm. it may be sold to a business but ultimately you as the consumer is experiencing it right that customer engagement is what is happening here so as a consumer let's talk about use cases correct i think let's start there right tech is what is powering it correct so simple use cases when you install let's say one of these messaging apps whatsapp ah koi bhi messaging app le lo aap right any ott messaging app when you install the app they need to verify a phone number right that's an ott use case now that's powered by us globally for a lot of brands right so behind the scenes when that sms is sent or the voice call is made ah. to verify your number That's done by Plevo. So your layer is Plevo. Plevo layer is doing it for. Yeah. So so uh, so one of these brands would call our us when I say call systems will their system will call our system. Ah. Uh-huh. Right. In fancy terms, it's called API. Ah. Uh-huh. Right. So so let me quickly explain what an uh-huh. API is. I think that would be interesting yeah. to the audience. Right. So very non-jargon terms. As consumers or as humans, how do you access the internet? You access or or how do you talk to the internet through a web browser? Correct. Right, so you go type and you talk to web browser, browser, and then you fetch internet information from other side of the world. Correct. How do systems online talk? They can't go on a web browser and talk. Correct. However, they communicate with each other is called an API. Correct. Right, that's very simple, plain terms. So two systems have to talk to each other. It's API. So we have APIs available, and we say to our customers, your systems can talk to our systems. Okay. So whenever they need to send an OTP, they, their system will tell our system, okay. and we send an OTP, and our system will send that, and we do this globally. Okay. SMS voice both of the channels okay. right all of those channels are about that's one use case that's so it's a, it's a three part so there's a tel, 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 telco provider there's a consumer and then there's the business yes okay think, yeah uh, yes and that's one use case one example another example is let's say you know you are talking to like you've ordered something on zomato zomato or or an uber or ah. what have you right any of these apps urban company or whatever ha. whatever any of these apps globally on the other side especially if it's a marketplace app they don't want the privacy to to be uh, like they don't want your number to go out to the other side they don't want the other side to so, sort of harass you later on whatever whatever you the delivery partner or whatever marketplace uh, model uh, right it could be delivery partner driver any whatever, marketplace uh, model so there there is use case called number masking correct that number though both both the sides were seeing the number is not the real number that's in the landline 011 whatever whatever, whatever that's whatever, what i mean it could correct. be any number right and that's a temporary number for just that session like once your delivery is over that number is just gone correct right that's another use case 
So that's also powered by us. Like this, we have about 15, 20, 30 use cases. And all of this was... Actually, the germination of all of this actually comes from your 15-year-old card, Delhi, Bombay uh, business, actually. In, in hindsight, probably. Because you've not really moved very far. It's become a lot more sophisticated <laughs> and a lot more, you know, but the, the genesis seems to be getting yeah, I mean, people to talk to each other over the internet. It just happened that way, right? Like my <laughs> first first thing was that, uh, 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 and first company was a telecom company. Correct. I worked in Huawei. Somehow things just happened. Yeah, the Momo thing seems to be like, <laughs> that seems to be an aside, but... We'll find out what, I mean, some, maybe there's some meaning to it then later in life. Maybe there is. Yeah. Right? But, you, you picked a four-letter word with Momo, so I, I think that... <laughs> no, Momo's. So it's a five-letter word. Right? Momo I'm not given up, by the way. Every week, there is Momo's in my place. <laughs> Wherever I am, right? I could be anywhere in the world. Momos are always in my place. There's the Bay Area, right? I found a place in Texas and Austin. Really? To have Momos. Yeah, yeah, they have really good Momos. <laughs> I was in Boston meeting my team, uh, right? Uh, I found Momos there, uh, right? Uh, the Nepalese Momos, uh, but still very similar. Amazing. Yeah. So the use case, so there's number of asking, there's a, there's a first use case around uh, business plus consumer, OTP, etc. So all of this is powered by by by, by people. Yeah. So think of our platform as a Lego platform. Okay. Lego blocks, right? So you slow all these different blocks. Now the way you are, as a business, we don't offer you everything packaged. Correct. You can take our blocks, arrange it the way you want, and that's what our APIs do. You can arrange the way you want, so then you get a OTM use case, if you arrange it a certain way. If you arrange it a certain way, it becomes a number masking use case. Okay. So ours is a broad horizontal platform, mm. where it's available for different use cases. That's what Plevo provides. And your your consumption base, your, your enterprise customers, your consumers are mostly US, are they? Majority revenue is US. Okay. Majority revenue is US, right? Uh, from a business perspective. Okay. Uh, and are your teams, etc., distributed? Are engineering? Yeah. So, so, tech teams, engineering, product are, are in India. Uh, the international sales team is in India, support teams as well. The go to market teams for US is in US. So, uh, customer success, marketing, support, sales, all of that is in the US. And you split time between US and yeah, India? For the last 13 years, right? So, I, I travel every three to six months back and forth. Wow. Yeah. So, so, uh, so I have two houses, uh, and I just travel back and forth. And where, where is your, where, where are, ba where are your bases? Bo uh, okay. So, for the first, my base or the company's base initially uh, was in California and San Francisco till 2019. Uh, in 2019, we decided to move to Texas. Uh, a lot of people did that. No, no. But Elon followed us after that. So <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to take credit for that. Right, so that was my fanboy moment. Okay. He, he moved to Texas four months after we moved. Huh? Right, because like everybody was asking us, why are you moving there? Huh? And once I think Tesla moved there, everybody huh? was like, okay, oh, this is good. Go. And then COVID right. happened. Okay, yeah. and then COVID happened, and then a lot of companies will start moving. Right, so it happened in that order. And now it's fashionable to be in different states. Which part of Texas are in? Austin. Austin. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful part now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting place. Okay. Uh, right? So your entire team is based. Your US team is based. No, so, you. Everybody is remote in US. But we do have uh, a good chunk of folks in, in Austin, right? But now we're just completely... So we don't have any office anymore, both in India and US. We gave up our office in COVID. Are you seeing it? Yeah, yeah, there's no office now. It's all remote, 100% remote. Everybody's remote, there's no office. So it's in Ahmedabad, for example. Yes, yes, yes. We don't want to go back to office. Really? Yeah. I mean, we're trying something else. I can talk about that in a minute. But, yeah. but, but we're trying something else. We want to try a hub and spoke model. Okay. Uh, but we don't want to go back to office. Speak about like you're, you're okay without FaceTime, which is real. No, no. So we want to fix that. Okay. Right. So I think what we're realizing as a company is uh, engagement starts dropping dramatically. 
right, without FaceTime in person. So we want to do hub and spoke, spoke model where we create Bangalore as a hub, have most of our folks there, right? So in one tagline, work happens on Zoom, relationships are built offline. So meet enough number of times informally, don't meet to do work, right? Like meet at a coffee shop, you know, building that trust layer. We've, you know, read the five dysfunctions of yeah. a team. The bottommost layer is trust. Correct. So build that offline. You cannot do that on Zoom, mm-hmm. right? So and when you meet, like, don't discuss work. Yeah. Get to know each other better. Talk about like. Are you able? Are you able to first? It's uh, it's hard. It's a hard problem to solve. With working on that now, I think it'll take us next twelve to eighteen months, right? I think it'll take us that much time. But what I don't want to do is do this two days back to work. Yeah. Because that makes it very very difficult to build either this culture or that culture. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, w- I would, ra- like, if this doesn't work ever, which I don't think it should be the case, then it's better to just go back to five days back to work office. Mm. If you lose two days back to office, what happens is three days work happens and two days when people are meeting, they're not clear on what they're supposed to do. Is it work? Uh, is it relationship? Uh, and there's no clarity around. There's no direction. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, we want to try this model out and, 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 you know, focus on making that work. Okay. That's what we're focusing on at this point. Fantastic. Fantastic. But tell me about... Uh, so that's Plevo, right? So that's the business of Plevo. Uh, and your, 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 all your revenue is from enterprise. Okay, not ent- I wouldn't say enterprise, from businesses. Businesses. Businesses, right? And then in that, like, we have different segments. And it's all usage-based. Yes, consumption-based. So for the SMSs you send or the calls you make and all of that is how we charge. So it's a very simple model. You don't have to worry about software. You don't have to worry about cloud hosting, server, nothing. It's all per minute and per consumption-based model. For the business, is very, very tough. The parallels to your first business are amazing. Though. Even there, it was an ad-based yeah. on, on number of calls made. So, you're, you're kind of yeah. figure out something. But it was free there. Uh, Over him, <laughs> it's not free. Correct. You're charging money. Okay, you're charging money. Yeah, you're charging money. And, and yeah, I mean, I think uh, that's what helped us scale in terms of revenue. Because, like I said, we're solving something which is the lifeblood of businesses. The people will pay for it. Yes, businesses care about to, it. Right? Yeah, they, care, they care about it. So, and, and you add value. And now we've launched... Three more products. Okay. And when I say products, we're calling it, uh, think of it like as package solutions. Okay. So what we realize is this audience, we're selling our initial platform, the Lego audience. Lego is used by home, right? Like builders or, Correct. you know, hobbies or geeks Correct. or Correct. Correct. whatever. Correct. Correct. So our audience with our platform offering is tech folks. So engineering leaders, product managers, developers, those are the folks who use that product. Yeah. Right. But the, I mean, if you think about it, customer engagement is not limited to that, right? So you as a consumer are engaging with Sugi, as an example, go to your support side, support section and raise a ticket uh-huh. or chat with them, Correct. right? So what we want to basically do now is, you know, look at it from a larger perspective. So we're solving it for one function within a business. How can we solve it for each business yeah. function, right? So, oh sorry, each, each function in the business. Correct. So support teams. So we're launching a SaaS solution now. It's called, we've launched a SaaS solution, it's called Contacto. That it's a SaaS solution that you know it's for B2C companies and powers their entire experience, starting from chatbots, you know, to a call, right, to transitioning to different channels and so on and so forth. And we want to do that for sales teams, we want to do that for marketing teams. Uh, so, you want to run a marketing engagement, let's say for Bombay Shaving, we have a solution now, uh, right? And then, if somebody has a support request, you can just plug that into your app. Good and go. yeah, I'm doing my sales pitch right now, but whatever. <laughs> right? You plug that into the app. Uh, and this is good to go. Yeah, that's one of the other reasons I want to meet you. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, so right? So, 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 and all of this works end to end. Right? So, so that's what, so we now, the way we define our company stages are the first 11 to 12 years of the co- company, 
was essentially about uh, you know doing customer engagement or solving for customer engagement from a business perspective for tech teams. And now we're solving this for pretty much every layer in the business, right? That's how we're looking at it. That's incredible. Yeah, we're just launching that now and same model, right? Like with this launch now, the, the model is very simple, which is uh, now the way I look at it is how Plevo's transitions. Plevo's a conglomerated co conglomerate of companies or a startup studio. Ah. Each of these pods is a startup on its own. Correct. You will fund them till X million dollars in revenue and then they have to be profitable in scale. On their own. Ah. On their own. Right, so so that's our larger vision of like. But they all kind of play together in yeah in that yeah. in that layer. They dog food each other and and they help us cross sell upsell all of that stuff, right? But they dog food. This is a term I've heard like for the fourth time in the last ten days. Really, I never heard it before. Dog food? I never. Heard you are dogs, right? Yeah, I do, but I I didn't hear of like some who was telling me this. A friend of mine who works in Google, like I can get this and then it's a dog food phone because it's pixel. I mean, what does that even mean? I didn't ask. Then I went and searched for it and then asked him. Like, that's the thing. When you learn a new word, sure. suddenly you see it everywhere. And like, yeah, I'm very... You, you know what that's called? It's called reticular activation. What is it called, Sunny? This phenomenon, uh, when you learn something new uh, or you're thinking about something constantly, uh, you only see that. Like, you want to buy a car model or uh, a brand, uh, you'll only see those cars on the road. Uh, you'll not see anything else. I'm suddenly feeling... Yeah, you're <laughs> The world is conspiring against me or for me. Or am I late to the party? scientific term, it's called reticular activation. Reticular activation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right? wow. so, so the whole thing about secret, have you seen the documentary Secret? No. What secret? No. That you aspire for things and you'll get it. Oh. This is a documentary. Puri ah, 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 ah. <laughs> so there's a English version it's called The Secret. Oh. Right? Uh, you can watch it. It's on YouTube. Okay. Right? Uh, so it's built on this scientific concept of reticular activation. Wow. So, I have noticed that whenever I learn a new word, no, I suddenly start reading it in the paper. Yeah. It really start appearing. And it works. Yeah. Right? If you want something really, really badly, you get it. And <laughs> so it works from this principle of reticular activation. And now, like neurologists are saying, how to hack your brain yeah. to use the concept of reticular activation. You know what the Gen Z word for this is? Mm. Manifestation. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so secret is around manifestation. Right? And and the concept, scientific concept behind that is reticular activation. Wow. So that's why you probably see dog food everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Which is your dogs telling you I need better food. <laughs> <laughs> no meat. <laughs> Better food. Venki, uh, I think fascinating to see what you've built with Plevo and just to like see their entrepreneurship in so many interesting, fascinating ways across geographies, across business models, across from momos to, uh, uh, you know, being a 15-year-old in a five-star hotel, buying uh, infrastructure for Delhi-Bombay calls to make STD cheaper to then building Plevo with a French co-founder uh, and now Running a hundred million dollar top line business, profitable. You've raised, you've been so efficient on capital. Raised only two million from Y Combinator and Qualcomm, and I think that was the round, right? Uh, but that's not fundamentally how today, when the markets are what they are, people celebrate profitable companies who have not raised money. But for a long time, and I'm sure when the market become bullish again, people will start celebrating fundraisers. It already started happening, right? But you have resisted the temptation. You have been very efficient on capital and it's a hugely critical skill something which I would love to learn as well but talk about your relationship with capital raising to fund Plevo because you seem to have done it by customer money which is the best way to do it but talk about those trade-offs and, and that journey I, I start with a little bit of context right? so both of us Mike and I come from a very bad background so I think the whole thought process is like you cannot spend the money till you earn it yeah it's very very so even so whatever money we raised the couple of million dollars initially, 
that's the same problem we realized that like our investors would want to spend us faster and we just couldn't right so what we realized is even if we raised like we just couldn't allow ourselves to rewire our can i ask you a question maxing out on 35 lakhs of loans for that momo business and then having to pay it back over many years did that shape your relationship with fundraising to say i don't want to ever be in, even though that was debt and equity is not debt but emotionally it's still money right absolutely absolutely i, I think uh, that and and also the thing that like what happens when you run out of money right what if nobody gives us money then so that two million so what we realized over time and now we reflect on it both mike and i and when we talked when we're you know having dinners lunches wherever is we as founders have grown more confident in terms of our decision making our leadership our ability to run all of that when we see more cash in the bank that's a light bulb moment for us now we reflect back on it right and we also had cash in the bank when we raised money but that would always be borrowed so it will not be yours you don't feel it's yours we don't know and if you like if you if you're spending that money then have to go raise from somebody yeah. if i raise that money if nobody gives me that money then what happens so that i think you know coming from my background and all that metlas are bringing all of that i think is is always been there and now when i see you know we have good cash in the bank now we have you know 10 plus percent ebitda sort of each year it's healthy cash in the bank we put each year right and that gives us a lot of confidence now we are able to launch three new products i don't care about you know the next 12 months 18 months recession cycles all that we don't have a gun on that that gives us even more confidence so i think everybody says cash is king i think your own cash is king yeah right not just any cash is king your own cash in the back is king yeah. when you look at it you could think i mean this is our, i'm not saying this will work for everyone yeah this will work for us and cash is king but cash generation through business is just so critical right i think very powerful right so 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 that's i think where it starts so that's where the context uh and i think your early days where you kind of got that 50000 dollars a month with your first customer and you know all the fairness we did what raises to many dollars huh. the reason we raised actually we raised for yc and andrejan orwich and battery wealth huh. the reason we raised this money is because we do not come with the credibility and we had to sell i mean we were both immigrants in the states right my co-founder and i so we had to create that brand so we created a and we're a platform business Uh, so companies have to be able to trust you to be able to build something on that way yeah and we're not a you know nth time founder we're yeah. first time founder at this scale yeah like tech business nobody cared about my momo business yeah nobody <laughs> does right correct so we need credibility in anything and hence investments so why we raise money but for us and we did not raise some seed venture okay or angels it was it was seed money but yeah. it was not from angel we correct. tried we have raised some brands so i raised our wage battery ventures for commentus that's why to me put that there and 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 raise much it was like rub off credibility for you guys and we never spent right so you just you couldn't <laughs> when we just yeah it comes at a con though right okay so I, i'll tell you there were moments when you know we would get incoming interest and we almost said yes what was it yeah something was that didn't work out and i said it was great that it didn't work out right like valuation didn't work out or what happened i think all the first step founder stuff right you know some terms or whatever huh. uh, and and i think and anjan it's great it now like as recent as let's say 2021 right in in during covid where all of my peers were raising money and and insane valuations right we all we were also tempted 
our fundraise obviously is not going to be a 20, 30 million dollar fundraise round because we have more cash in the bank. Yeah. So there's no point raising that kind of money. It'd be a large round, like 100 plus. And for B2B businesses, 100 plus is not easy. Yeah. So we were we were on that part to see if, you know, we got incoming interest. We were like, okay, let's talk. Let's see what can be done. Mm. All of that. And we we're almost tempted into it. But then the market started crashing and then we backed out. I think like that was the God blessing moment. <laughs> but you never wanted to like kind of give out secondaries, liquidate some ESOPs for you and Mike to kind of make some money on the side. Right, we are able to generate cash and divide it out. Yeah, I mean, like you can, we can, we have a lot of options now. We haven't. We can be, we have a lot of options. We can dividend out. We can do ESOP based bonuses. Yeah, buybacks maybe. Yeah, buybacks. Uh, or ESOP based bonuses. Yep. Whatever you have, I don't want to buy back. But I give you bonuses like pseudo dividends. Ah. Not calling it a dividend, but but there are a lot of different. In interesting structure being played. Correct, correct. That's our model. But it's taken you 11 years. So do you feel sometimes that the if you would have raised capital, let's say from some of the deals that you walked away from, yes. you would have been able to crunch the time? Absolutely. absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Because if you look at our you know, competitors and market leaders, they're, they're further along. Okay. Or have any perspective. Right? Uh, you know, closer to a billion dollars in it. Right? Uh, or, or actually more than that. But they're losing insane amount of money even today. They're losing like almost a billion dollars even today. And the revenue, I think, is like three, three billion. Is it? Who's the who, who's this company? Twilio. Right? Ah, Twilio is here. Yeah, revenue is three billion, but they're losing a billion dollars each year. Public market count. Right? And I, I admire the CEO for what he's built. Right? They're competitors, so I fight hard. <laughs> but I admire the CEO for what he's built. But I think uh, I wouldn't want to be either running a company Because you can wake up every morning, you have a gun on your head every three months here. Numbers to present to public market. Our growth and so on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when it's good, when it's all great, amazing. Yeah. But now, how do you go back and tell your team my stock is down 90%? How do you how do you get everyone motivated, right? Because it's it's hard. Because there's a gun on the head every three months. And they're all the public mass market sort of shenanigans. That yeah, and, and when you're, what we, like IPO is very romantic. Even for us, for example, there's an IPO board. In our, uh, but right, like you take a NASDAQ picture. You pop up with the champagne bottle, you know, nobody started all it. And then you're back to the grind. You're back to the grind and the issue is now your share price is defined by people who may not understand the business as well as you do. You're at the mercy of analysts, you're at the mercy of retail investors, you're at the mercy of public reputation, you're at the mercy of perception of consumer if you're a brand. There's just so much downside to being... A lot of my friends who are like in the private equity space, they're like, IPO is not as great, it's very romantic. To have your business being created value for the public, um, Reliance and Dhirubhai Ambani and all of those stories are great. Yeah. Uh, but 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 look, Reliance has built a fundamentally very very strong business, business with cash in the bank. Correct. Right. But I don't think most companies do that way in India in US wherever. Right. I mean, I'm talking about a competitor. Yeah. No dip to them. Right. But I don't want to be a leader having that kind of company. It's as simple as that. Right. That's I, I don't think I'm the right person. I wouldn't be excited getting out of bed every day morning. Sort of be running that sort of style of a company. Yeah. If it works for somebody else, great. Doesn't work for me, doesn't work for Mike. And we don't want to build that kind of company. One of the core themes we have is, look, we have gotten to where we've gotten so far by not doing a few things. And what are those things? Not worrying about how much money we can raise. What is a competitor doing? Actually, we did a lot of that competitor doing thing in the initial. That's what it is. We mistake. We realize that. become mature over a bit. Yeah, exactly. Like, what really matters at the end of the day, we realize is, are you adding value to your customers? Because they are the ones who are paying you money, not your competitor. Correct. Right? They are the ones who are paying you money every day. And you could generate enough cash from that to be able to run the business. So why don't we just focus on that one thing? In fact, that's what we have now 
Everybody talks about values to put on a slight deck, right? We didn't have values for six, seven years of the company. We did not. Okay, we, we didn't even think of like, we should even be worried about values. And then we did an offsite. There was a discussion on like, let's create value. Uh -huh. So why worry about all these creative fancy things? Let's talk about what's worked for us. And that's the number one thing that worked for us, customer obsession. Do what is right for the customers, even if in the short term it hurt. Right, so that's that's our number one value. I mean, obviously we copied the lingo from Amazon, but like we actually first thought what really mattered, like what what works for me and Mike, what worked for our first ten employees, right? What's gotten us to our ten million dollars family? What's got to our twenty five million? Because when you get to hundred plus, if you can still repeat these same things, we can keep going. That's how we got to our value. So number one is customer obsession. You spoke about ownership. That's our number two value. I call it over mindset. Owner yeah, mindset. mindset, yeah. Right? So so that's the second thing. In, in that, like, what we realized over time is we would say to everybody initially, solve the problem and get it done. Right? Today, like, for us, the definition is different. That's not enough. Owning the problem and getting done is not enough. Right? Because to us, that's status quo. What is even more important is if you have the ownership mindset, if you were running this business, if this was your business, you also have to find the problems. Yeah. And then own it. And yeah. then get it done. Yeah. Somebody giving you a problem and saying, wait, that is not ownership mindset. Yeah. Okay. Those are the new problems. That's a number two value. And and and, and it goes on and on. But but that those are like we have five values. Okay. Right? So those are our, our you know two values. Third is excellence. Okay. Right? Four is bias for urgency. Uh, I mean we used to call it result oriented, now we've worked with it differently. Bias for urgency. Right? And then the fifth one is uh, you know, sort of uh, learnability, high learnability. Right? So when you come in, you don't know everything, that's fine. Figure it out, get it down, right? Ask people, figure out yourself, DIY, that builder mentality. Yeah. Those are the kind of people who will be really successful. So one more way to articulate what we mean by values is things that have really worked well for folks who've been in the company long enough. Yeah. So what that creates now is kind of a culture that's self-selecting. Yeah. Look, I'm not here to say that we have the best culture or we have the worst culture or anything. Culture is culture. It's self-selecting. Right? Yeah. So if you have a strong culture, it it will select people who work well in that culture. Yeah. And it, it's a flywheel, right? It'll keep feeding each other. And, and then they will do the same with their team and so on. Oh, work out fine with more. Right? And and there's nothing wrong about that. Yeah. It's just that the fit doesn't matter. Yeah, the fitment is not there. There's no alignment. Which is fine. It's totally okay. But it's amazing because when it comes to capital raising, no? If you're reading in the papers, if you're in the media, your founder friends are raising your competitors are raising, you know, uh, your perception, the perception of success in your customer's mind, which in your case might be a very important thing on closing a deal, for example. How successful is uh, Plevo is based on how much money they've raised. That's just, unfortunately, the rhetoric, right? It would have taken a lot for you to know 10 years back, 8 years back, 6 years back, that this is not the path we should take. It was not easy. I should two calls, right? One point was we could have gotten further along if we had raised more money, right? With a different business model. The outflow, like the business where it is today, it may not have been where it is, right? In terms of what it is. In terms of structure, stakeholding, whatever. And the value we can create in the future. Right? Because then you're running on a 7, 10 year, 12 year timeline. Correct. Because of the VC model. Correct. Right? So so that's one. Uh, you know, generally from a, from a structure uh, and and part process standpoint. And I think uh, the other con, I wouldn't call it a con. I think this is something we did not think about in our early days to be, to be able to create our own brand. Like we, a lot of people don't even know what scale we are at from a revenue perspective, 
what have we done? You know, what we offer uh, uh, in both the geographies, actually, US and India, those being our larger markets, right? Uh, and like you talk to our customers, they love us. But the general folks, and, and you know what makes this even more uh, ironical is our, our product sits in the background. Yeah. So nobody will hear of your name till it works fine. So if you're yeah. going, if nobody knows your name, you're doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> that's the part, that's the business. So yeah. you need to put even more work. Work to like create your brand. Yeah. And we as like, you know, DIY folks would just hangs down focusing on customers. And processing so, about that yeah. product feature roadmap, right? Growing the revenue. But I think we could have but like in hindsight, that's one area, you know, that helps over time. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Kind of, as we reach the twilight of this conversation, I think it's fascinating to see how you've built a company with such like very simple principles, but so hard to execute and your consistency in terms of how you think about enterprise building is actually comes shining through in this conversation because you it all comes down to your core values um what what is it for you for at plevo going forward like uh is the treadmill now at speed 15 uh or are you saying no you know we want to do other things and the business will um organically continue to grow uh, and we will obviously put in the same effort. These five values is what we live by. Uh, and what is life for you outside of Plevo? Like what causes matter? Do we speak about 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 animals and your love for dogs, of course. But talk about talk about forward looking what 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 is it that excites you? Sure. Yeah, I mean I think a couple of things, right? So firstly with Plevo we have now decided no fundraise, no IPO. So is it? That's an idea. So it's more about either buyback or do you know some bonuses aside to ourselves. So that's how we give liquidity for folks, right? And so if liquidity is taken care of, because that's what companies do when they go public. What is Apple doing each year? Yeah. Public market, they buy back stock. That's what he's doing each year, right? Steve, uh, Cook, yeah. Right? That's exactly what he's doing. So why can't we do it private as long as you can generate profits? So that's one thing, right? Uh, in, in, in terms of what it is. We, we don't want to think about it like we're running at 15, we want to go at 45 or 65 or whatever. Like we don't want to do that. We want to build a sustainably long Right. Okay. So the startup studio mindset, each everything has to be profitable. We just keep investing. Cash will keep coming in and it keeps scaling. We want to solve. We're starting with customer engagement. We start with customer engagement engagement for tech teams. Now we're doing it for support teams with contact to sales teams with cellular and then another product coming up for marketing teams for engagement. So that's our thing right now. And with AI coming in, like the industry landscape will be AI coming in. We, the, the market, the playbook is very simple if you look at all of our solutions. Picking existing age-old markets which have existed for 20-30 years and we're playing the displacement story. Okay. Right? Like how EVs have disrupted ICE engines. We're saying, how do I displace roads? So when I do support, how do I displace the, the support agent with contact? How do I displace the SDR or the sales rep in the sales world? How do I displace the need for a designer, graphic designer, marketer, all of that in the marketing product? So pick large, same like pick large markets which exist. I don't want to create a category. I learned that with mobiles. I don't want to go create markets. Pick large markets, disrupt using it, and like not just be a simple layer of ChatGPT, but like go deep and build something. Right? So that's our And then let's repeat this. Wengi, uh, I think as we as we close, right? Fascinating to get to know you, man. Like uh, you know, to to get to know what you've built, the context under which you built out Plevo. All the things you did before it, and then you know your relationship with Mike, what you do with uh, the business in terms of value creation and doing it the right way, uh, 
as a lot of us are finding out the hard way is the is the right way and then of course your level 2 to level 8 of uh, of 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 things outside of plevo um and getting the queen uh but people watching are um, they want to be they want to be entrepreneurs they want to be in the startup ecosystem they want to create value they want to be the best version of themselves that's why they come onto the barber shop and listen to people who come here uh who have been successful and so on um but succinct advice for a 21 year old in ahmedabad who's already doing her or his momo business today whatever requirement of that there is uh but advice for them as they listen to you with the with the benefit of the experience you had till now yeah i think one thing is i i, I this is controversial advice but yeah. work hard ages on your side right you only got a little older it becomes exponentially more harder in your 30s and late 30s to be yeah. right like age will not be on your side so okay. in your 20s work as hard as you can try right? it's you not be able to get back your age i think that's number one advice pick a problem you're passionate about you don't have to work for anything and everything pick whatever you like but work hard towards it right that's that's awesome thank you an absolute pleasure thank you so much for coming on the barber shop telling your story telling bleevo's story uh telling mike's story uh, and we would love to have mike here uh when he's uh, when he's in the he's here we should do a shoot with mike he seems to be a really really interesting guy uh so before before we let you go we do have a bombay shaving company hamper for you thank you <laughs>